Hello, people. Hello, people. <laughs> we are back with another episode. I'm here with Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. I've never been on here before. Uh, yeah, I know. These <laughs> these listeners must be shocked and appalled. <laughs> we were going to... So I was going to podcast with you yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then we were hanging out and we were like, we don't have anything to talk about. But then earlier today... I thought about something to talk about, Mm. which is extremely exciting. And the topic we, I, have chosen is film. Um, But as I was thinking more about this and where the conversation would go, I think it's going to be a little bit broader than that. I figured it would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's hard to just talk about film without talking about very similar aspects of, say, television at the very least. Yes, definitely. And then I think past that, you're going to get aspects that bleed into fictional writing, Mm -hmm. novels. Mm -hmm. um, Art in general. Art, yes. And anything that conveys stories. Mm. So we'll just kind of traverse the creative map Mm -hmm. a little bit. Circumnavigate Mm -hmm. that world. Uh, and I wrote down questions. Yes. So I'm going to be organized. And I gave you the questions. Yes. So you can be prepared. Yes. Um, I thought that you wouldn't give me the questions. I thought that you would say no. Really? Yeah, because I th- I thought you would say something like, oh, I want it to be off the cuff. I want it to be like a spontaneous kind of reaction. Interesting. But I'm mm. glad that you gave them to me because I think that for me to articulate myself it's better for me to have some sort of expectation of what's going to be asked so that i can do the translating of my thoughts beforehand yeah that (laughs) makes sense and i also think it can foster thoughts in the leading up process Mm -hmm. so that you can maybe have more to say as you recall things but also have things come to mind maybe as we're talking yeah um, so I was going to start hmm. asking recent movies you've liked and why. Yes. I think I want to broaden this to just movies you've seen, which oh. have you liked, which have you potentially not liked as much. Um, and these can be movies you've seen as a brand new, as your uh-huh. first watch or rewatched. Hmm. Um... I haven't been blown away by anything this year, to be honest. Really? Mm-hmm. I think the best thing I've seen this year has been Past Lives, which is a movie by... Let me look up the director's name because I feel like that's important. Okay. She was um, a playwright. Um, and it's a movie that I... I'll, I watch trailers a lot mm-hmm. and... I'll see a trailer for a movie sometimes and be like, this is for me. Like, I need to save this. I need to see it. And so um, she ended up being the close. Well, this ended up being the closing film for the Boston Film Festival. Mm. Um, And so I went and she was there and she like spoke a little bit after. Um, It's by Celine Song. Um, And I'll read the description. Okay. Because I feel like that would will be helpful sure it's nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends are rest apart after nora's family emigrates from south korea decades later they are reunited for one fateful week 
as they confront destiny, love, and the choices that make a life. Interesting. Yes, and it's very subtle and meditative, mm. um, which I really love. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, even there, I feel like talking about your appreciation for the subtle and meditative. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to elaborate. If you mm-hmm. can, I, uh, part of what I wanted to talk about was the difference between good movies and liked movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this aspect, it could be integral to that. Yeah. Mm. Well, like for this movie, it was very much about love, mm. but not in a huge Hollywood romantic way i think it was more nuanced and complex Mm. and i think that it did a really great job of examining different like the the individuals in love Mm. and instead of focusing on them together like in a relationship i thought that was really interesting okay um and also like something i really loved about it was there was a sense of loneliness even within the love that was on screen Mm. that i thought was really compelling because it's it's complex like it's contradictory dealing with individual loneliness within a loving like unit Mm. Mm. and not have it be reductive like not have it reduce the relationship itself or Mm. mm. yeah i do like that Mm -hmm. okay and so then like a contrast would be a typical Mm rom-com or i mean i guess we can stick with a rom-com but any movie where there's there's a quote-unquote perfect type relationship Uh or idealistic one yes um And I think in those portrayals, usually it's as soon as the relationship is right, the lives are right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can see why it's much more interesting to see a different depiction. Yeah. And also in, in those sorts of movies, a lot of the big issues are from our external and they're Mm big imposing issues or it's like one very obvious character flaw that comes across very clearly and very simply in the conflict then the person their character is changed throughout the end of the movie sure and that i don't know that doesn't interest me Mm -hmm. right now um i am fascinated seeing the more complex contradictory portrayals of individuals and people and like a lot of the problems in this movie it was very internal Mm. um why do you think that is is it like it's not it's just not interesting to watch that more obvious kind of problem to mm -hmm. be solved like you know the answer to that question so it's more interesting to see 
a much more complex Mm -hmm. situation dealt with. And not even dealt with, just explored and experienced. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't want... Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy romance movies. Mm -hmm. Mm, They're just... They're entertainment. Sure. Mm. And I think that there's a difference between entertainment and art. Mm. And entertaining movies are more instantly gratifying. Like, they're just... They're so easy. They're so easy. Mm. And it's like having, like, a, a piece of candy or something. Like, that's something that's processed sugar, like, immediately immediately pleasurable like in your in the most basic sense yeah and that doesn't give me the same feeling like it doesn't there's a sort of and i've been thinking about this Hmm. recently because i've been thinking about what what are the things that i need in my life that keep me what i call on like on the surface like on like more connected to life like more on the front lines of life Hmm. and consuming good art is one of those things it feels like very nurturing to me Mm. in a way that feels integral like food or water or something like i just don't like it i feel like it elevates my experience from just existing to actually living yeah and that's something that's so important to me and i'm glad that i've gone like that i've evaluated my experience thus far and determined that that's something that keeps me like rooted Mm. um, because I don't know that I really noticed that before Mm -hmm. but now I do and it's something that I am is very important to me to maintain yeah it's interesting it's like food good food good for your body good content good for your brain yes and I'm so like it it gets me like kind of heated or like emotional because I think I think people deserve good art and good content Mm. and like they deserve to feel moved by what they're watching and that's not to say that like watching a Marvel movie or some sort of big Hollywood blockbuster can't do that because I've seen that do that, seen Mm -hmm. it do that. But there's something more for my, for me, there's something more immediate. Okay. In the more subtle expressions. Uh, It doesn't even have to be subtle. That's, I like subtle art. I don't think art has to be subtle. Okay. Just art. (laughs) Okay. Good art. And so we're we're excluding Marvel movies from art. I would exclude them from art. Okay. I would say that they're entertainment. Okay. I think that there's artistic things about them mm-hmm. because I can I can see like people who worked on the graphics saying like what do you mean this isn't art like I crafted this so carefully like sure. the CGI I I think as a whole I wouldn't consider it 
a piece of good art. Yeah, and I think this is a conversation we had recently where the distinguishing factor between what is art and what Mm -hmm. is entertainment might be the intention behind its production. Mm -hmm. And art feels like it is produced as a pure expression of a creator's feeling, something that kind of springs from their mind rather than something that is manufactured for an audience Mm -hmm. or a market. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, like art. I feel very strongly that art should not feel like a means to an end, Mm -hmm. which this is kind of co-opting one of your questions, but I think that's the problem I have with plot a lot of the time Mm. is that it feels when I'm watching a movie... I can so clearly tell when everything also you're cracking your knuckles. Oh. I don't know if that gets me. <laughs> <laughs> it might. Fuck it. Um plot. Plot. I can clearly tell especially in big Hollywood like blockbusters mm-hmm. and more mainstream movies that everything is in service to the plot, is in service to the end goal, is pushing it forward to this one singular point. And that makes it feel almost like... I don't know how to describe it, like pointless to watch it. I'm like... Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I... I... I guess I understand that because it means that there's nothing like you're not really curious about the individual moments or scenes exactly as the movie goes exactly you just see the point the path from point a to point b yes it's almost like the the end result negates all of the minutiae okay but what i what i wonder if like we can try to reconcile this Mm -hmm. with the idea of what is real art. Okay. Because I think there's very clearly mm-hmm. an intersection mm-hmm. of heavily plot-based yes. stories and what we would consider real art. Yes. And I should say that I don't think art doesn't have plot. Mm-hmm. I think it's a spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just mean very meticulously crafted plot like like that's what they teach you in film school okay well i wonder if it's about how meticulously it's crafted or whether it's about how formulaic it is in observation yeah because to me like i think about movies with meticulously crafted plots and it doesn't feel super formulaic it doesn't feel like i'm being pandered to Uh uh-huh it just feels like it makes sense that they chose yeah. every scene that they chose for this movie. Yes, to I think that's intention. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it less plotful. No, yeah, I completely agree. Okay, so the problem is more when it's when it feels like a almost a preset plot structure is being followed, where it's like, okay, let's establish establish the the basic problem mm-hmm. and let's have rising action a and b yeah. and c have a character die at the climax and mm-hmm. then have the resolution mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense um because i think kind of like you're saying that that makes it harder for it to be plot or to be art i should say mm-hmm. it's like if something is following a formula like that it 
is likely being produced as entertainment. Yeah. Yes. I think that's what, like, Marvel, for example, is. Yeah. Pure entertainment and very business-minded. Sure. Do you think Marvel has has deviated from that in any of its films? Like, Infinity War comes to mind for me as something that feels less formulaic. Are there any of those movies? Because I think it's it's interesting to find, especially, like, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars or any other big blockbusters. And I think, like, it'd be interesting to talk about the Dark Knight trilogy or the Lord of the Rings mm, trilogy okay. in these contexts as well, because I think you and I both agree that those Lord of the Rings and Dark Knight movies mm-hmm. are legitimately good movies. Yeah. They are, I would say they're good art. Yeah. Um, so to discuss how good art can exist within franchises that are still meant to be blockbusters. Mm. And and if that good art can almost slip its way into franchises like Marvel that are more clearly commercial. To be honest, I'm skeptical. About the latter point I just made. Yeah. Okay. Um, do I think it's possible? Sure. Anything's possible. Hmm. Mm. Have I seen it? No. Mm. There's nothing that comes to mind that I would categorize categorize as good art. Okay. Okay. In my opinion. I can probably agree with you. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard because this is where I start to question too where if we don't like good art. So maybe there's there's a difference between really good movies and movies you really like. Yes. I mean, and sometimes they're the same, but they're, they can be very different. Yes. Um, so are the movies that aren't really good movies that you like a lot, are those just the really good candy, do you think? Yes. Okay. Definitely. And I would, I'm like, I've been thinking since you brought them up, like The Lord of the Rings and The Dark Knight. Those are really good stories they're very good god i don't know i'm having trouble categorizing those yeah because i would not put them in the same category Mm -hmm. as films that i think are truly great art really Mm -hmm. why They just feel like really awesome entertainment. And I think The Dark Knight is really loved because it's grittier and more raw Mm. and it is less family friendly. Okay. So it necessarily separates itself from other movies in its genre okay it feels less commercial because of it Mm -hmm. but i don't think that like less commercial means good art i don't think that it being more raw means good art sure sure that makes sense 
But I, th- I think then we're, we're missing what does. Yeah. I figured, I thought you might ask me, like, what makes good art? Yeah. I don't have criteria for you. I don't, I think that there necessarily isn't specific criteria for good art. Don't you think there's some way you can abstract out the way that you perceive a movie? Mm-hmm which dictates to you that you can think that it's good? Yes, but it's so abstract. Like it's, and there's, there is a part of art that is necessarily indescribable. Cause I think that there's part of like existing that you feel and that you know is true, but that you just can't articulate that it. And that's, that's a part of art that I love, like the the immediacy of that's what I think is a part of good art. Like it's immediacy. Mm. It's meaning that it's not extrapolated. It's not distilled into symbols. It's it's immediately what it is. It's mm. Mm, it's transparent. It's that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I I I think I have some qualm with this because not not that. I'm not okay with uh, with there being a very abstract, kind of difficult to describe thing that makes certain art good art. Mm. But I feel sometimes when I'm watching, say specifically, uh, like Oscar caliber quote unquote movies, mm-hmm. um, best picture type movies, like. The Banshees of Inishirin mm-hmm. is a recent one. Yeah. Um, or The Godfather is another good example where I, I, f- I can tell, I can feel like I'm getting some different aesthetic, like it's trying to speak to me uh-huh. in a different way uh-huh. that uh, is almost, it, it's, it's try. It feels like it's portraying its own greatness uh-huh. in the way that it's speaking to me, in the yeah. way that it's presenting itself to me, and I push back against that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel rebellion against that because I I think they're almost it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy, uh-huh. and whereas I don't think they're worse movies for it, I think. The the reason that we, uh, that at least for me, that I would expect movies like Lord of the Rings or The Dark Knight to not be placed on the same level is because they don't have the same almost like pretentious type yeah. of presentation. Yeah. And not because there's actually any difference in quality. Yeah, I understand that. Because... First of all, I honestly don't think that most quote-unquote Oscar bait, Oscar-worthy movies are good. Mm. Like, I think, I think it's also, like, I'm probably not the best person to (laughs) speak on this because I think that my opinion on this subject differs from popular opinion um and what's taught i don't care about popular opinion i know i'm just saying like 
Like, I think it goes against what a lot of people think is supposed to be good, a good movie. Okay. Like, like The Godfather, The Banshees of Inisherin. I'm, I am not convinced that either are particularly great. Okay. I liked both of them a lot. Is there any movie you are convinced is great? After Sun. Okay. Which I haven't seen. No. Any movie that you think that I've seen? I mean, could you name five? <laughs> this would make me sound so, like, pretentious, though, because they're not, they're so... Niche? Yeah. One that I like that maybe people have seen, although people might have seen After Sun. That one just came out, 2022. Um, that's so good. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, I really love. Mm. Um, American Honey. <laughs> um... Nights and Weekends by Greta Gerwig and Joe Swanberg, which is one that probably no one has seen. <laughs> this is unfortunate. Because I really, I wish there was something I had seen that could fit in that. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, I'm constantly reevaluating and reassessing my way of evaluating mm. art um i'm not set on anything that's probably going to change all the time sure um yeah yeah maybe you're not the best person to talk to about this <laughs> i'm mm. just exploring ideas right now yeah mm. yeah well, you, I think you like to keep things so abstract yeah. that you don't want to analyze. I mean, I think you're probably okay with it, yeah. but you're also... Analyze what? What is good? Mm. Like, I think you kind of like for the good just to be a pure thing that can't be broken down any further. Yes, I don't like to break it down when I see it. At least I like to let it sit for a moment. Mm -hmm. mm. And then I, so this is, this is a part of like criticism that interests me a lot because I think a lot of people see it as like breaking apart a movie and analyzing it mm -hmm. um, and saying, what does it mean? Mm. Um, and I think the way that I have found that I prefer to do it is to describe how a movie is what it is or how it does what it does as opposed to telling what it is. Like, it's like, as opposed to coming up with the meaning for the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to push any sort of outside framework onto it that further removes me or other people from the work mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the how it does it, like that way you can hmm, you can describe um, not the message that a certain complex on-screen relationship sends, mm-hmm. but the choreography of those interactions, yes. which makes it seem deep and complex mm-hmm. and it is that depth and complexity that is valuable in and of itself yeah yes describe the relationship as opposed to what it what does it mean mm. yeah mm. because like we you see it you see it yeah yeah like the movie doesn't have n- not valuing the movie on its on the value of its message to society or about mm-hmm. society mm-hmm but valuing it based on its how it stands as a piece of art. Right. Because I, I resent the notion that a piece of art needs to send a message, that mm-hmm. it needs to give you something, that it needs to make itself useful for you. Yeah. It doesn't. It is. It just exists. Yeah. Like be- it's this thing itself. Because that's, that's what pulls away from what we started this conversation with, mm-hmm. which is that true art is an expression that kind of wrenches itself out mm-hmm. of someone. Yeah, an experience. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. I'm going to check my notes now because I feel like at some point we skipped over, or we didn't skip over, but we passed on something that um, I wanted to get more into that I forgot Okay. Um, hmm. One thing I put down here is good movies. Um, do they, is it, is part of it that they challenge hmm. the viewer? This one is also complicated for me to answer because I don't, I think that good movies contain an experience that is nuanced and complex and that can challenge the viewer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they can be super uncomfortable. I think that like they don't have to give you pleasure watching them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can challenge the viewer. But I also, I feel like this kind of goes with the pretentiousness that you were talking about. I think that a lot of people mistake hard to understand movies with good art. And I think that a lot of directors will kind of wage a sort of war with their audience where they try to make their movie into a puzzle to be solved or super complex. Um, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, to that the audience struggles to keep track of and to mm. unravel because it's purposely made to be difficult. Mm. Mm. And I don't think that that makes it... It doesn't make it a good movie. Yeah, I agree. That doesn't affect the quality of a movie. Why not? 
I was saying when I wrote challenge, I, I wasn't thinking as far as like challenge them to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was thinking more challenge them to make internal assessments, Mm -hmm. like in seeing what characters are going through Mm -hmm. um, and in putting characters through difficult decision-making processes, Uh ask the viewer to reflect on their own values. No. You don't think that contributes to the movie being good? No. I think that there is a part of art in in the sense that it's a very sensory experience Mm. that can cause you to necessarily reflect on your own by comparison. But I think that when viewing art, you should as much as you can take yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Like okay. There should be some distance there. That makes sense. So let's say we take the viewer out of it. Don't think about the challenge to them. Think about instead the, the challenge to the characters. Mm-hmm. I think it's very common for in commercial entertainment-based movies, the challenge is to be very external Mm -hmm. as you talked about before um is internal conflict Mm -hmm. kind of a necessity for good movies and not that all movies that portray internal conflict Mm -hmm. are good but the ones that do that are good do they need that i'm i'm so reluctant to say that all movies need a specific thing. Sure. Because again, I don't think there is set criteria. So I don't think that there needs to be characters that have internal conflict. Okay. Just because maybe one day I'll see a movie where that isn't the case. Sure. And I'm so open to that. Sure. Um I would say that is that seems more true to me though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been the case thus far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because again, like, we've talked about this before, how I think that the human experience, like, everything has already been experienced before. Everything has already been described before. Like, there's a finite amount of feeling and and general experience to be had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what matters is specific individual experience, like the way that that, and the the different ways that you can express the same thing. I understand that. What do you think the role of character is in creating good art? Do you think it's an independent variable that drives the goodness or is it more a dependent variable that good characters tend to come out of better art Mm. i'm resisting the question again (laughs) because i think that like This is so funny. Just as we're going, I'm, it's becoming so clear to me that for a podcast called Pathologically Overanalyzing, that you just might have been the worst person in this <laughs> worst topic to get. 
It might have been the, the literal worst combination of things because you are so reluctant <laughs> to analyze at all. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. The question was character and its role. Again, I don't think that there's criteria for a good film. So I'm reluctant to say, oh, there needs to be a good character. Mm-hmm. So probably films where there's not good characters. They're still awesome. What if we think about this inst- instead of like good film needs good character? Uh-huh. Let's not let's think of it not in terms of a rigid framework and rather just what has fit your own observation and experience yeah. thus far. Yes. Um, I'm also interested in like what you mean by a good character. I wanna know what you mean what you think of good character. We can start there. A complex individual, I think, is the base. Okay. I don't think they need to be likable. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to be good people. Mm-hmm. I don't think morality really needs to fit into it at all. Um, what do you mean by a complex personality? A complex person? Someone that... seems to have an inner world and... conflicting feelings and internal struggle Mm. someone for whom life is not easy but again it seems like the themes here are it's on an internal level where life has to not be easy like someone who's just been downtrodden maybe and is um is trying to scrape enough money to get by that might not be it or someone who needs to train really hard to win a sports game yeah i don't think like having hardship necessarily means that they're a good character Mm -hmm. and i don't think that having hardship i don't know that it's integral to having a good character Mm -hmm. um really can you think of yeah, I feel like that that might be something that we can be solid on. Mm-hmm. It's like characters do need to have some sort of struggle. struggle. Yeah. I okay, I think so. It's weird cuz I think about I think about almost guru type characters. Mm-hmm. Um that are often some of the most admired characters at least. I think about Iroh from from Avatar. Mm-hmm. And while it's known that He's had struggles in the past, um, and it does show some struggle mm. um, that he has, specifically when when Zuko rejects him yeah. during the show. Um, I don't think most of the viewers would say that he needed that for them to see him as a quote-unquote good character. Mm-hmm. Um, so these fan favorite types that maybe seem like they don't face a lot of struggle, and it's funny because... That oftentimes is what makes them the fan favorite. That's what makes them seem like such a good character is because they are unfazed mm. by the challenges that might be weighing on the other 
on a protagonist, for mm-hmm. example, do you think someone like Iroh or I think about um, Levi, are they good characters? Do they count? Hmm. One, I think if we're talking about characters who are unfazed, I don't think I would consider them good characters. Okay. Two, I'm not sure that I would say either of your examples are unfazed by the circumstances they go through. Okay. Maybe they present a front that way, but I think we also see examples of more internal struggle from both of them. Mm. Like subtle little expressions. Mm. At times. Yeah, I, th- I guess what I what I think about more is that what makes them good or I guess fan favorites mm. is the better way to put it in my mind is their lack of struggle. Like it is their competency, their okay. ability. Okay. Their I don't know that that means lack of struggle though. I think a character can be competent and still struggle a lot. I think Levi struggles a lot. I think I think Levi does struggle. But but he's loved because of how like cold and unmovable he appears. I it's... think people think that's cool mm-hmm. and admirable. Yes. But an attractive, but <clears throat> I don't think that's what makes him a good character. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think of other examples that are less well fleshed out, but are a similar archetype. Yoda. That's a good one. People don't love Yoda as much. Maybe, Maybe because do. he's not as complex. Maybe. Like, I think people love... Like, Iroh, for example. The episode where he's grieving his son mm-hmm. is always cited as a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. So people love him because he struggles. Because he like they love to see that more nuanced side of him. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, like fans of Levi, for example, will gush over portrayals of him being maybe softer mm. to the characters around him. Okay. Yeah. I think these are like deviations in the archetypal 
way that these characters can be like distilled down to Mm -hmm. that people can see are there or can assume are there and imagine are there because of the subtle little qualities that have been shown from these characters okay (coughs) i get that so i guess coming back to the point of the effect of complex characters on the overall piece Mm. um Hmm. Why, why do we love? Why are we so drawn mm. to this complexity? Feels more like us. I think so. Feels more real. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it gets at like things that we feel are true. Mm. Yeah, but maybe I have a harder time articulating. Like seeing them in other characters. Like, oh, this is... Like, I know this. Mm. Mm. Do you think, is it sometimes also because there are things, there are experiences that we're struggling to let ourselves fully reckon with? Mm. I think about the present day human life mm-hmm. is one that is so consistently inundated with either busyness yeah. or distractions mm-hmm. and to have an outlet into a life that is being more fully experienced mm-hmm. when we are struggling to do that for ourselves mm-hmm. definitely mm. I think sometimes it's almost easier for people to feel when they are experiencing art because it's a safer conduit to do so. Sure. That makes sense. Do you think it's, it gets in the way of us having our own full experience partly because of that? Um, or is there a chance of that happening? Well, I think that's different than distraction. I think that's different than mindless consumption. I agree. So, no. Okay. Well, I, I agree that it's different, but could, even if it is a mindful consumption of, an ex- like, can a mindful consumption of experience that's not yours... Uh-huh. You don't think that can interrupt someone's experience of self? I think it can. Or disrupt it? I think you can. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what more you want me um well (laughs) 
Because I feel like that's what I just asked and you said no. Maybe you asked it in a different way that made me think of something different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I think one removes you from, takes you farther away from life and one brings you closer to the world. And so I think the one that brings you closer to the world, to like the immediacy of life, does not, by nature, I don't know, like it doesn't, take something away from you. Okay. I like that. So even if it's not having your own full experience, Mm -hmm. it is no less than having your own full experience Mm -hmm. because it is still having a full experience. Mm -hmm. And just because it is not one that is completely preoccupied with your own life. Yeah. Doesn't make it any less engaging. No. And that's like... I feel like when I'm so preoccupied with my own life, I feel more detached than ever Mm. from life. Like that's, and I need to zoom out of myself Mm. in order to feel, I don't know, healthy. Mm. Okay. When you're zoomed in on your own life. Mm would you say zoomed in is is like being more caught up in the day-to-day yeah okay because i i think about a potential balance there between being where the focus is your own life Mm -hmm. but you're still experiencing it more as an observer and i guess the point is that it's obviously easier to experience a film as an observer Mm -hmm. um which can make you appreciate it more fully, mm-hmm. have more space for it all. Yes. Um, and I think you can do that with your own life, but it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. I feel like the more you have a life, the harder that is to do. At least for me. Mm. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. 